and welcome to Raven Conversations, the show where we bring you the news and information around the Washington National Guard. So uh, you interviewed the special forces for the Washington National Guard there, Sergeant Major. Yes, yes. I, uh, it's overdrew weekend. I had the opportunity to spend a uh, few days with our uh, Alpha Company, one of the 19 special forces guys. And uh, yep. as we were kind of talking about earlier, they're extremely smart and yep. they're they're funny guys. They're, um, they they're have a little bit different yeah, they than have, your, your average service member. Yes, but uh, I think that's what makes them that's what makes them special, right? And, and special. That's why they're special forces. No, it, it was good. Uh, but yeah, uh, Sergeant Major uh, Tier, yep. Simac, um, and I uh, sat down for about 20 minutes and he talked about everything from his career, um, how he became a, a special forces guy, um, to what it takes to be a special forces guy in right. the state of Washington, if you're a National Guardsman or uh, somebody who's coming off active duty. Um, some of the mission sets they do. So really, uh, um, he talked, you know, kind of in depth about that stuff, what the requirements are. Um, I will say, having spent three days with them, uh, it's definitely not long enough because they're a fun group to be around. But right. um, very, very fascinating. You know, they one day we're doing repelling, the next day we're shooting mortars and grenades yep. and then jumping out of helicopters. And, and that's just a very small percentage so of what they hula. do. Two scoops of yeah. hula. Two scoops. Not just one. Uh, yeah, and this time you brought two microphones. This so time I did bring two microphones, yes. That makes my job a little bit easier on yes. the editing side. Yes. Because we will be able to hear the questions. Yes. Be sure to follow us on social media. Stay up to date on all the cool events, stories, photos, and videos happening around the Washington National Guard. If you have a question, have a comment, or just want to say hi, send us a DM, PM, tweet at us, whatever, and we'll answer you. We also love to share and collaborate. Send us the photos or videos you take at Drill or AT, and we'll tag you. Are you an active Instagrammer? Well, you might be a perfect candidate to take over our account. Send us a message, and we'll set something up. To find us, do a search for WA National Guard. That's WA National Guard, and look for the blue check mark. So this is an exclusive for the Raven Conversations. We're here with Sergeant Major Tier Simak. He's the uh, Command Sergeant Major for the uh, Alpha Company, one of the 19th Special Forces um, out in Buckley. And uh, he's just going to give us kind of some generic uh, information and kind of talk about Special Forces and what they do. Sure, sure. Thanks. Yeah, Sergeant Major, whenever... Uh, so what is it... Uh, I think my first question is... Um, you know, we hear about special forces all the time, but what does it actually take to become a special forces uh, soldier? It takes uh, a healthy amount of intestinal fortitude and uh, and a why. That's the biggest thing. It was actually, I was throwing some kids off the rappel tower today. Actually, that sounds kind of violent. Let's let's back that up and say I was rappel mastering some JROTC students off uh, rappel tower today in a big recruiting event in uh, I got the same question. What's the big? What's a b- one piece of advice I would give somebody uh, that wanted to be a Green Beret? And um, it's pretty simple. Don't quit. Don't quit. Everything uh, in selection is physically doable. Uh, everything in the Q course is physically doable. And not everybody that goes to uh, Special Forces is, uh, you know, a, a professional athlete status. Um, what really sets Green Berets apart is the willingness to try, and the guts to finish. That's really what it comes down to. 
So uh, for anybody that's interested in, in special forces, what are some of the kind of things that Alpha Company does? Um, oh, man, we have such a diverse mission set. Uh, to keep it vanilla, because obviously we've got stuff that's at the top secret and the secret level, but uh, we have um, we have a diverse mission set. Um, one of the things we do is we go to other countries and we do what's called uh, foreign internal defense. And uh, we'll be invited to a uh, a uh, friendly nation and this is um this is something that's usually set up way up in the stratosphere of the state department and diplomatic chains and everything else and department of defense and finally just filters down to a 12-man team of green berets who land in another country with uh, all their equipment and a mission to make friends and train a, a partner force and those missions are anywhere from two weeks to six months um, and it can be everything from um, diving and uh, working with boats, um, interdiction of, of uh, criminal activity. Um, it could be marksmanship, combatives, uh, advanced marksmanship, sniper stuff, things like that. Basically everything that uh, you'd ever want to do in like a, a Jack Ryan novel or something like that um that's my, my guys can do that uh they're not as handsome when they do it and there's no books about it um but they can do it so i mean you mentioned the why um, the why yeah so uh I, w how long have you been a green beret and then why i uh i, I went to sfas special forces assessment selection in uh, october and november of 1999 um, it was long before there was a, a podcast and nobody had invented the internet or hadn't given it to me yet anyway. Um, my why is a little different. Um, I was playing rugby at Fort Hood. I was on active duty and um, one of my buddies was, was going to selection and I thought about it and uh, I went to the uh, special forces recruiter with him. I sat in on the brief and the video and uh, that recruiter was the only Green Beret on Fort Hood, um, and he he seemed pretty cool, and it was a cool hat. And um, but I I'd still I wasn't really convinced that was something I wanted to do. Um, I was about to get out of the army, and uh, I had some plans to go back to college and et cetera and so forth. You know, get on with the transition. But it kept nagging me in the back of my head that if I didn't try this, if I didn't at least put my uh, my hat in the ring, I'd always wonder the rest of my life if I could have made it. And um, up to that point in my life, when I finished selection, that was the hardest thing I'd ever done in my life. It was, and it was, a, it was kind of a life-changing moment when, um, you know, 21 days, at the end of that 21 days in selection, they, uh, they call out a bunch of roster numbers because you don't have a, a name there. And it's a lot of roster numbers they call out. And I'd, I remember standing there in formation in the gravel thinking, oh, no, I don't think I made it because that guy was awesome, they called out, and that guy was awesome, they called out, and that guy, well, he's okay, but I, I guess he was good enough to make it. I guess this is the non-select pile. And when those guys were gone, which was a good chunk of the formation that was still standing 21 days later, the cadre just quietly said, if you're standing here, congratulations, you've been selected. So, so I mean, what kind of stuff, uh, I mean, set you apart, do you think? Um, was it you may may not been the the fastest or the toughest or so it, it's interesting that, yeah it's interesting i i uh 
So I mentioned I was playing rugby uh, at the time, and other than uh, getting beat up a little bit, you know, the, the injuries that are inherent to that sport, I think that actually built up a lot of the uh, the mental skills that, that I, I needed in selection because um, rugby is full contact, and you can't just lay there rolling around because something hurts because it doesn't stop like football does. Um, there's, there's no downs. They just they just keep going. So if you don't get up, you're going to get stepped on. Um, and uh, I, I kind of took that with me in, into selection in that it doesn't really matter if I'm in, if I'm in hurt or I want to quit or not. This, this goes on whether, whether I'm a part of it or not, and I wanted to be a part of it. So you mentioned you started on active duty. Mm-hmm. When did you transition to the guard? Oh, I've got a very unique story on that one. Uh, and it made a lot of people in my chain of command at Fort Hood kind of angry because I went to selection while on active duty with the intent of going to the Washington National Guard. Um, special Forces groups are regionally oriented. And in 1999, there wasn't a lot of, uh, you know, this is pre-Afghanistan. Um, there, were, there were plenty of things going on with Special Forces, but uh, none that I knew about. There was no real wars happening. So what I was... I had concerns that if I went to selection while I was active, I would end up spending the rest of my career in either Fort Bragg or Fort Campbell, Kentucky. And I'm a Northwest native, and I really wanted to get home. But I knew as a boot, as a brand-new Green Beret, there was no way they were going to guarantee me Fort Lewis. And my second choice was Fort Carson because those are mountains also. So I kind of took control of my own destiny. And uh, when I found out that Alpha Company 1st and 19th was in Buckley, Washington, I called them up. Um, from 2-8 Cav where I was assigned and I introduced myself and I was like, hey, um, this is Sergeant Slimak. Uh, I'm in the 1st Cav and I was just wondering if uh, uh, if I went to selection while I was active if you guys would take me. And the AGR staff at the time, they kind of they kind of blew me off a little bit. They were like, yeah, yeah, sure, probably, whatever. Then uh, when I called back two months later the day after I came back to Fort Hood from selection um, made the same phone call. Yeah, this is Sergeant Slimak again. Uh, from 2-8 Cav. I don't know if you guys remember me. Um, I just passed selection, and uh, I was wondering if you still wanted me. Complete attitude change. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why can't you come over? Et cetera, so forth. So I actually I enlisted in the Washington National Guard at 1st Cavalry Division headquarters um, and uh, started training with, uh, with an ODA um, immediately. Actually, I started training with them while I was on terminal leave from active duty when I uh, moved back to the Northwest. Spent the f- summer on federal unemployment, between federal unemployment from active duty and uh, and drills and piecemeal training orders. And uh, then I PCSed out to Fort Bragg, and I was at Fort Bragg for two and a half years for the Q course. So uh, came off active duty. Um, what would you say to somebody who is on active duty currently that's thinking about special forces? you got to find somebody that knows what they're talking about. Um, and unfortunately, um, they're not as easy to find as, as you'd think because a lot of the recruiters and transition people, that um, their their job is to help active people transition from the active side to the Guard and Reserve. They don't know anything about Special Forces. They're not Special Forces themselves. Uh, we have uh, a Green Beret assigned to ACO who is on title 10 orders right now and his whole job is to answer those questions and hand walk people through that process um the first step 
we've cracked the code on this. The first step for um, a transitioning special forces soldier or somebody that wants to go special forces, that wants to come over to ACO um, or any other guard unit that has SF um, from the active side, um, is to go to a website. It's a civilian website that has military access. It is uh, special National Guard Special Forces.com, NG Special Forces.com. And I'm going to look that up right now to make sure that I said that right. But while I look that up, I'm going to tell you about it. When you open that website, there's questions. Um, it's, it's kind of a chintzy website, so don't let that put you off. Um, because I think somebody, I think a Green Beret put it together in his own time. <laughs> uh, but you have a, a place in there where you can select a state. It shows what states have special forces in them. You click on the state that you want, and then um, there's an information sheet on there. And it asks about your GT score. It asks about uh, security clearance, if you have one or not. And if you don't, that's fine. You have to have a security clearance to be a Green Beret. You do not have to have security clearance to try to be a Green Beret. We'll get you one if you make it. Um, but all, all this background information, and what that background information is is meant for is to determine whether you're eligible. So we're not wasting your time um, coming out and, and doing PT tests and things like that. If you click on Washington, once you submit that form, it goes to every full-time staff member in Alpha Company. And it goes to my email as well. So uh, we view that, and then we have a full-time recruiter, um, not one of my guys, uh, stationed in Buckley in the Armory, and hi and he has been tasked with contacting you directly so that you can try out for Special Forces. And that website is www.nationalguardsf.com. Nationalguardsf.com. That's it. Pretty simple. So now what about people that are already in the Guard? Mm -hmm that want to try out for special forces or at least learn more about it. You can go to that website as well. Same way. Um, if you're in Washington state, it's pretty simple because no interstate transfer is needed. Um, but, uh, yeah, you, you could go on that website and that is kind of our central clearinghouse for, for tracking anybody that wants to come to the unit. Um, but if you're in one six one or any other unit, uh, we're we're more than happy to talk to you um, and and give you a shot at uh, at the prize. Um, we have heard that sometimes people's chain of command are reluctant to let people do this. Um, that honestly, being a people person is part of being a green beret. You uh, you got to know what you want and you got to know how how to get it. So, what's the eligibility? If you're a, is there a rank requirement, age requirement, those kind of things? There sure is, and I'm going to read this straight off of our sheet because they do change from time to time. So, here's your your uh, criteria. You have to have a minimum score of 110 GT, and there's no waiver for that. You have to have a 110 GT. Plus side of that, if you are below 110, you can retake your ASVAB and up your GT score. We have had people do that, and that's perfectly okay. But you do have to have a 110 non-waverable. Your rank has to be, for enlisted, you are E3 to E6, and for officer, you are a uh, first lieutenant promotable to captain. Um, you have to be able to obtain a secret clearance. That doesn't, again, you don't have to have one when you come in. You just have to be able to get one. And a lot of that has to do with your credit, your background, things like that. Um, if you got bad credit, that's something you definitely want to work on before you do this, because 
the people that grant security clearances, that's not our unit. We we know everybody has troubles every now and then through divorces, deployments, et cetera, so forth. But you've got to take responsibility and getting that number up by any means necessary. Other you will not be able to get a clearance and you won't be able to build a Green Beret. Um those are those are your minimums. Those are your minimums. Uh, the age thing kind of goes back and forth, and I'm not sure what their current age requirements are. Um, we had, I, I went through, when I went through the Q course, we had an 18 Bravo that used to be a special forces officer back in the day. Um, he turned 50 in the 18 Bravo course. 18 Bravo is a weapons sergeant. When he first came back in the unit, um, the commander offered him a team. He said, no boss. He always called officers boss. I don't. I don't want a team. I just want to. I just want to carry a gun. Just want to be with the boys. So he went back to the Q course. Became a weapons guy. He was a good weapons guy too. And I'll tell you, man, dude, that guy. I'm feeling. I'm still younger than he was when he was in the Q course. And uh, every time I, I have a joint that aches, I think about that guy walking straight up a mountain in front of me in the Hindu Kush mountains in Afghanistan. That guy was a machine. Didn't look like a machine, not at all. But he was. He had a machine inside him. He was good. Uh, there are here's some physical standards. I'm curious about those. Um, we do give a a PT test every month. Um, the the non quals drill monthly. Uh, the green berets do not drill monthly. We drill every other month because uh, for multiple reasons. One, because we get more training out of it, and two, because forty percent of our unit is out of state. So guys travel from all over the country, sometimes the world, to come to Little Buckley, Washington to meet with their with their SF team and get things done. Um, the, and there is travel reimbursement for that. So here's your minimums for your SFAS PT test. You need to be able to knock out 57 push-ups, 66 sit-ups, and 8 pull-ups. And you need to be able to have, do a 5-mile run. Um, I think that's in 40 minutes, but it's not listed here. But I'm pretty sure it's 40 minutes or less. So there you go. It's nothing uh, nothing super hard, but you're being evaluated all the time. There's a saying in uh, in Special Forces Selection and throughout the Q course that you are constantly being assessed, and that doesn't stop once you get out of the Q course. Even when you got a green hat on, you're constantly being assessed. So everything you do out there, everything you say, everything you do, everything you don't say, somebody's assessing you. They're, they're looking to see how you're going to fit on a team, how proactive you are. Uh, how well you can solve problems on your own. These are all things we look at. When you deploy, you might be on your own. You might deploy by yourself. You might deploy with a team. You might deploy to an embassy and have to work with a bunch of State Department people and other agency people wearing a suit. So we need we need professionals that can also kick indoors. So I spent uh, a good part of the day out uh, on the mortar range with your guys. Um, yesterday was out at the tower. Um, you guys were doing rappelling tomorrow. Uh, it's, it's jumping out of a helicopter. Mm -hmm. Um, that, that seems kind of like the normal drill for you guys, but, uh, um, yeah, it, it, it just sounds like you guys have a lot of fun too. And that's kind of what I learned. We do. Uh, you know, I, that, that number about 40% being out of state, that's not made up. And, um, we we really have to maximize our time and we don't set those ranges up or those jumps or anything else just because it's fun we have a long list of requirements that are set forth by um, army special operations command 
that we have to check off to stay current and stay relevant as a Green Beret. And we de- we're deploying worldwide just because we're the guard. Um, we're we're not sitting back. We've we've just finished a mobilization. About half the unit before that was on other mobilizations that weren't part of the uh, the, the company mobilization. Um, I am an M Day soldier, and I've spent the last two years in four other countries. Um, my civilian job has not seen me since June of 2017. <laughs> uh, so, what about like in state? Do you guys have any in state missions? Um, we we do have a tentative state mission, um, and that is to augment search and rescue because we do have mountain specialists and dive specialists and uh, you know guys walking up. But we're really good at land nav. So it, it just kind of seems like a natural fit that we would we would help out uh, other search and rescue professionals. Um, that really hasn't been utilized, and it's not because we don't want to, and it's not because other people don't want us to. It's because we are so busy with our federal missions that there really just isn't time to have a state mission. Anything else you want to throw in there? You know, I've I run into a lot of people um, that are past their prime that say. I was going to, but don't be that guy. Don't have that regret. If you think there's a, a chance at all, any chance at all that you could do this, come out and do the PT test. Even if you don't pass the PT test this time, at least you'll know where you're at and what you need to do. Don't uh, don't let that opportunity pass you by. That's all I got. I appreciate the time. I appreciate what you guys do. Um, like I said, it was a lot of fun hanging out with you guys today. Hey.